for our Canadian lifters. Pure passion, real results, what you put in your body should matter. Pure Vita Labs PVL supplements are clean, tested, and approved. Powering athletes for over 25 years. They also power the KOTL podcast. You could trust PVL. Use code KOTL15 for partnership pricing at PVL.com. Ryan Fleisch. Yeah. Ryan Fleisch. It's <laughs> easy when I get a rate before it and two seconds later. But um, uh, yeah, we were just talking about SPD. You got some kit. And uh, I was saying like how excited I was about Sheffield. And um, we're going to do a fantasy league for Sheffield. But here's the thing with these fantasy leagues. So USAPL Nats. One time, like there was like hundreds and hundreds of people all over the world who jump in on this fantasy league, which is pretty cool. And yeah. you're like excited about like, oh, wow. And I came in second out of like 500 people. And I didn't think 500 people around the world would play like a fantasy league powerlifting. Because that's yeah. pretty, you got to be pretty into powerlifting to do a fantasy league. That's a uh, powerlifting nerd to a, a high degree, right? Most people are more casual. So I was super like, holy shit, I came in second. I, you never know what's going to happen. And if you're help running the fantasy league, it's kind of embarrassing if you just get mauled in there, like Molly Wapton come in like 450th place, right? So I was like, all right, I'm kind of feeling myself. Like I'm fucking, I'm talking shit in the, in the uh, Instagram stories. And then I'm like the next, like the IPF worlds, I freaking came in like, I don't know, somewhere middle of the pack, like just. Like, like I, I took, I took, it was crazy. And, and it's so hard to predict these freaking things with yeah. sports. I think we, I was talking about this with somebody the other day of how they should make like leagues and powerlifting, like teams. That would be so cool. If like there was different teams of like athletes and I don't know, they did like a powerlifting Super Bowl, you know, and then like they all competed against each other. Like, um, you know, it's interesting because every nation's a little bit different. And mm -hmm. uh, in France, you know how a lot of people, like if you're, you're kind of like on a team in the sense that if uh, if you're coached by Penna or Joey Flex or whatever, you're part of like the Flex team, right? But yeah. the difference in Quebec, or sorry, not Quebec, uh, France, is they're actually very focused on the gym, the actual club you compete at. Yeah, not, not like your team who coaches you. So I know some nations you can put in for team points like USAPL, like a lot of the nationals, you could put in for team points, like who your coaches, like the strength guys with Leah Bavois and Jason Tremblay, they'll have a team, but in, in, uh, in France, it's literally your club and you might, it, it's an interesting take because when you're at the gym, um, and you're training with a bunch of the bunch of the people there that could be like, those are your crew that like, like for instance, Fridays, I know Caffey who at my gym, he's training for nationals. He's got a big competition and we'll show up for him because yeah. like, we know what it means. He's got three hours big. We know what it means when everyone's there. Mm -hmm. And, um, we're not all, all the guys aren't all trained by the same coaches. We're not on the same team in that respect, but we're in the same, we go to the same gym. Yeah. You know, and it, it, what I what he's he was texting me like you coming today, and um yeah. and I was running a little late, and when I walk in, and your boy looks over and sees you and all smiles, he's like, oh my man showed up, and you're like, let's fucking get this, and you know you the vibe you get it it means something. So I do 
kind of to your point where I get why team like France would have, we have like clubs. You can have different yeah. coaches, but the club is who you're with day in, day out as well. Just like your, fa- your gym is your family. I feel like, you know, your second family. It, it is like too big. You could go through a lot of shit together. That's for sure. <laughs> you can but uh, yeah, it's all different nationals, different nations, sort of differently. But um, there's no. Uh, it's tough because in at least with that way, you know who's all in the same club. Where some people are coached, and it's not like transparent. Like I'd seen with the pro series, they're trying to say like USAPL pro series. They're trying to say um, what people were coached by what coaches. And Joey Flex was like some of the people I coach aren't even necessarily upfront with who's being I'm coaching for whatever reasons. Right. And that's them. I don't tell people you have to tag me on your post. So it's like, that can be difficult, you know, in yeah. terms of coaches too. Yeah. But uh, I don't know. It's just all different ways though. So I'm going to try for this uh, freaking fantasy league and hopefully I don't get Molly whopped again. <laughs> hopefully you. <laughs> I mean, it is super duper tough out here. Yeah. Let me tell you, are you um are you paying attention to all these Sheffield invites and announcements and everything? Not so much, not really. No. Do you do you like um? Are you into into following powerlifting on that level, or are you more into like not that level yet? Yeah, I follow like people who inspire me, but like I don't follow the big stuff yet i feel like yeah well i mean it might even be healthier that way yeah, <laughs> yeah, right? yeah. to yeah. be a little bit not looking at everything yeah it kind of helps me like just focus on me and myself and and not compare myself to others you know that's a big one is yeah. uh is comparison especially in powerlifting it's full of outliers yeah and you think like oh i am I am not that person. Yeah, but yeah. Like, they're the one percent and one, and you're eighteen. Yeah, it's a little early to compare yourself to like Jessica Bitten, who's ten years older. <laughs> I mean, I think my biggest inspiration right now is Samantha Eugenie. She or Eugenie. Oh, really? Yeah, she's she's up there. I, I try not to compare myself to her, but like, she, she's a big inspiration for me. So she um is she's such an interesting story. Um. I remember when she was like around 17, 18, around your age, because she's a little older than you. And um, lockdowns came and she was not going to have access to a gym. So yeah. she literally moved in with Penna, who like, you know, I don't know. Do you know Penna in France? He's like a massive coach over yeah. there. And um, she moved in with Penna and his girlfriend and like lived there for however many months during lockdown, just so she can consistently train and just be immersed in powerlifting. Like she totally was that's, like, that's hardcore. <laughs> yeah. Some dedication. It, it See, Penna, was, it, sorry, go ahead. I, I wasn't even lifting during lockdown yet. I didn't even, I've never stepped foot in a gym before during lockdown. See, this is crazy. Is this not, so this is, your rise to to where you're at now, you're dropping videos with millions and millions and millions of views. Um, how quickly your TikTok, Instagram, and everything is blowing up. And you weren't even lifting weights in lockdown feels, feels like yesterday ago. And you weren't even lifting weights yet? No, I, I think 
I didn't even go to like the gym once before then. <laughs> that was, like, yeah, I I was doing like ab workouts in my room. That's oh what I was. Oh my god! Chloe <laughs> <laughs> Ting. I don't know if you've heard of her. She's like this girl on YouTube who like does all these ab workouts and stuff. That was me in my room doing oh ab workouts. My god! That's it. Yeah. And um. How crazy of a ride it must be then to to be at this point so quickly. How long have you been powerlifting then? About a year and a half. Holy smokes. It feels very surreal. Like, it doesn't feel real, but it's awesome. It, it just doesn't feel real. Yeah, I, I can only assume. I remember, and, and even like just from um, Junior Worlds in Turkey to now, I remember telling Gavin, who was like co-commentary for me at uh, Junior Worlds. I remember saying like, because Gavin's got a big TikTok presence. And I was yeah. like, um, Gavin, yeah, like that that's joy. Um, I'd mentioned a couple times on stream that you're blowing up on TikTok, et cetera. And um, I forget, what was your numbers around TikTok followers around Junior Worlds? Do you remember? I only had like 50K, I think. It, <laughs> it, it, I went back to... Gavin and I was like Gavin do you remember Joy whom I told you was coming up on TikTok he goes yeah and I go go take a look at how many followers she's got right now bro he DM'd me he DM'd me and was like like good job with everything so that was like that 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 really touched my heart because like he was an inspiration to me because me and him talked at um Worlds and I was asking him questions about how to like grow my social media and he was like just stay consistent just like post what's true to you and keep on posting and keep staying consistent and then I did and then I gaining followers like crazy and then he dm'd me saying like he was proud of me and that was just like that was special I was like yeah you you helped me girl so it's six more months he's gonna be dming you being like yo how do I grow my social media He's like, he's like, look at this student has to pass the master. What's going on here? What am I doing wrong? What do we put 700,000 followers in half a year? I just hit 88, 880K on TikTok today. Whoa, like, whoa, whoa. Okay. Hang on a second. Hang on a second. Hang on a second. Okay. 880? Because you were at like seven something. Like when I messaged Gavin last week. Yeah. And then I hit 200K this morning on Instagram. This is fucking crazy. It doesn't feel real. I, it's just, it's crazy. Yeah. You were at a, like, like you were, what was your, because I messaged Gavin last week saying that conversation, being like, yo, because, because um, Powerlifting America is posting you and I'm reposting you when, when you're hitting these massive milestones on social yeah. media. And I mean, like, like, I mean, milestones that we're unaccustomed to in powerlifting. And yeah. I, I, uh, that's when I'm like, I messaged Gavin, like, dude, are you paying attention to what the fuck is going on here with Joy? And um, in the numbers I quoted him, they're only a week old. They're a week old. And apparently they're like 100K off now. I It it literally doesn't feel real. I check it and I'm like, is this real? Because what? And you're like, you're an average 18-year-old. Yeah. I, <laughs> I don't know. Well, not average on your strength, but I mean, in terms like your day-to-day. Yeah. And now it's like, I got a few sponsors now and I'm like, this has been my dream for like a year now to make 
money off of social media and make it what I do for a living. And it's like starting to all come together. And I'm just like sitting back and I'm like, this doesn't feel real. Like I've always dreamed of being able to like share my story, help others, motivate others on a bigger scale. Cause I've always had like a good following on social media for the past year. Like 50 K is still good on TikTok, And like I had about, I think 20 K around worlds on Instagram. So like I was still reaching people, but now I have like the scale to reach so many people. And it's just like, it makes me emotional because like, that's just, it's been a dream of mine for so long. So it's just so cool. It's um, and you're doing it through like, like sport and there's like discipline and motivation and hard work and everything wrapped around it. It's uh, which also makes it unique and is inspiring as well to be in, in your story and your background. We'll get into in a minute, but like, yeah, it's very inspirational in terms of that. It's not just like, I, I don't even know. It's TikTok even dig. I know previously it was dancing. That's not even what TikTok is anymore. Not really. I feel like it started off as that. And now it's more like funny videos, inspirational videos, a lot of gym videos. Like there's so many different things you can find on there. I don't even think people even use it for dancing anymore. Like I it, rarely see dancing videos. It's matured as a platform. It's moved into... Yeah. Like initially that's what it was. And people are like, how do you, how do you like build something off this? But it's always like, give it some time. People are going to yeah. figure out like there's, there's, I see full on comedians doing sketches and stuff like, like for real good ones though. You know what I mean? Not like some cheesy stuff. Like it has blossomed into other things. Yeah. It's kind of like YouTube, but like just shorter version. And it's also like way easier to grow than YouTube because you could start a YouTube, but you could it, it might take you a year to gain a thousand followers, yeah. but like TikTok, it's really cool. Cause it just, it pushes your content out to all different people. So it's really easy or well, it's easier to grow on TikTok than it would be on YouTube, but then you could grow on TikTok, get that platform and then use that to grow your YouTube. So is, that's why. Is, is that kind of like, were you like initially when you started the social media push, were you, did you have ambitions for this kind of thing? Or has it just been, because obviously it's blown up like crazy and you, you've blown up so quick, so fast. You wouldn't have had someone before you in powerlifting to be like, I'll be like that. No, but you've already surpassed all the people you would have looked up to in yeah. a year. Yeah. I mean, I've always like wanted to grow my social media. Like I got a tripod. I, got a mic for like vlogs and stuff like I've always tried to make good quality content to grow my social media but like I don't know it just doesn't feel real because this has been my dream for like the last year so but like yeah I've always had the idea in the back of my head like oh it would be really cool if I got sponsored and was able to make a living off of doing what I love because I love my vlogs that I make take me like three hours to edit oh like, wow the clips putting the clips together and then it takes me like another hour to like put the captions on and make sure everything is right but i'm passionate about that i love doing that and it's so cool that now i can actually like make a living off of doing what i love and that's like creating content so i know some people just do it for like the views and stuff but like i actually enjoy making content and just trying to inspire people so. 
people I honestly don't think like some people are just like for the sake of it, anti TikTok. But this yeah. is like um it's a generational thing. The generation look at the generation younger than them and be like, oh, roll the rides that happens that's that's pv throughout all of time right when rock and roll came around people like oh rock and roll yeah. blah, blah, blah. so whatever but i do think to an extent some of these people also don't realize tiktok isn't what it was previously whatever they thought it was i don't think they were well past that like even a year ago tiktok videos are not the same to what they are now and hearing you speak about look i put like three hours of video editing an hour into the captions, getting the proper captions at the right timing. You time it to the video, you time it to the song, you time it to whatever it is like your, you look at yours and it looks like, like movie trailers, you know, it looks yeah. like, you know, it, it, people don't realize that. I don't think how hard it is. Yeah, it, it is like, it's a whole entire job. Like, I mean, I wasn't making money off of it. Like even two weeks ago, I wasn't like, I had no, no really. Yeah. Two weeks ago um but it's like if you're really passionate about something it doesn't matter if you're making money off of it like yeah it's what to do but yeah those vlogs i love my vlogs but you'll see i only post them every once in a while because they do take so long to edit so and i also was working two jobs so i was going to the gym well in the morning i would work my first job and then i would go to the gym film try and get some content edit the content while i'm doing my cardio like literally on the on the treadmill editing my videos and then i would go to my second job um and then try and edit more at night and yeah okay so first off for somebody your age you're you're working two jobs three though if you count the social media yeah and training um, and for anyone listening, like obviously you, you made team USA, went to the world championships, um, world records, uh, cause you got the world record in bench press. If I remember correctly. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> you got a massive bench on you. And, um, so you're doing all these things at once. Like, how was your, how was your, how can you manage, or is your day just like stacked from top to bottom? Uh, yeah, usually <laughs> it usually is. I have, um, a few days off, like usually two days off during the week. Um, I just put my two weeks in for my second job because I mean, now I'm making a little money off of social media, but like before that I wasn't making any. So I needed two jobs cause, um, I pay for like everything that I do. I'm an 18 year old. So like I'm an adult, so I have to pay for stuff. I still live, but I still have to pay for stuff. So I was working two jobs to, um, get enough money to pay for stuff because i mean i have nationals and worlds so i have to save up for that but um yeah my days were usually pretty stacked but like i i would always make time first priority was training i'd find like if i had to get up at five o'clock in the morning to go train if i didn't have time that day i would because like in my eyes that's like top priority like i have to make money and to pay for things but like I'm going to make sure that I have time to train, but yeah, my weeks are pretty packed at the moment. Um, I mean, first off, like it, it would be crazy to be a coworker of yours and like, did they know, or are they full before you gave you two weeks? They're probably asking themselves, 
yeah, pretty soon she's gone. <laughs> right? They're probably like, listen, <laughs> listen, something's going on here. Did do your coworkers and friends are they like, what the hell is like? Because it's it's happening so quickly, it's so starting startling. Yeah, my coworkers they're very proud of me because they know like how much I've worked for this. So when I told my manager that I'm putting my two weeks in, he was like just don't forget about me. <laughs> and he was like, but I'm so proud that you like have this opportunity. And um, my friends are just very, very supportive. My one friend got me a cake when I hit a hundred K on TikTok. Um, so yeah, they're all very supportive and they're just like, this doesn't feel real. I've had a few of my friends message me being like, I'm so happy you're finally like getting following we've known you you've wanted this for so long so yeah it's every very supportive it, um okay so I, i'm glad that we got a little insight onto that because honestly i think some people think you some people can release so much content like on tiktok for instance because well, yeah. if, you, if you're not working um if you're if you're younger say you're in high school and you could just be crushing tiktok content no 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 joey's got two jobs and trains to compete at like the world championships and et cetera. Like it is like, it, it's more the drive and it's easy enough. If you told somebody, if you do this, you're guaranteed like a million followers in a year, which is like what you're pacing at, which is crazy. But nobody is ever told that. As a matter yeah. of fact, if you do this far more of a chance, you're still never going to get anywhere. And the only thing you can get out of it is um, the journey and being like, well, I really like making videos. I like expressing myself as the art. And that's about as far as it'll go for like 99% of people. But for most yeah. people, that's not enough. They're like, I, for me to put that much time and effort, I need to see bing, bang, boom, like a million followers, blah, blah, blah. And you were doing this over and over and over committing, being like, I don't know if this is going to work or not, but I'm going in, <laughs> which is... Like, that's the difference. I mean, in my head, it's just like, if I'm impacting just a few people's lives with my story, then that's better than none, in my opinion. So, but I, there's a few times I will say that I've been like, I can't do this anymore. Like, my views are down. Like, nothing's getting pushed on the algorithm because the TikTok algorithm, oh, let me tell you, it took me a while to figure that out. But... <laughs> Uh, there's been a few times where I'm like, I really do. I really want to do this anymore. I'm putting so much time and effort and like some of my videos aren't doing well. Like I post a vlog and it wouldn't do well. And that's me spending four hours on something for it not to do well. But then like the comments are like so positive being like, you made me laugh today. Like, I love your vlogs. Keep posting the vlogs. Like just like the three comments on those posts would, I would make me want to still make content. Cause like I'm making even three people happy. Then it's, it's good in my opinion. It's, um, I I've talked to, for instance, like people like Lane Norton, who, you know, he's, he's been on, he's in a, like in the dieting and nutrition, but he's a power lifter as well. Yeah, he's honestly, okay. Okay. Yeah. There you go. Okay. So and Lane's a super good guy. He's been on like Joe Rogan and like major podcasts and stuff. Um, but he talking to him. So he's around my age and he was around like 
way back in the day. Like, I mean, before social media hit, he was on forums where people were just like talking about things and he's doing question and answers on typed out forums and whatnot. Um, fuck, Joey, that might be before you were born, which makes me feel old shit. But, um, but anyways, um, and he was talking about the slow climb it was for him to reach like Joe Rogan level, which is the biggest platform TV streaming service or otherwise Joe Rogan's probably the biggest platform you can reach. And he made it there. And he's like the slow climb that that was to get to that point. He's like, it took literally over a decade. And yeah. um, so when it's a slow boil like that, everything he was explaining, cause I was like, how overwhelming would it be to, to make it there? And he's like, well, when it's slow boiling, it's a little, it's more steps in milestones. So easier to digest. And by the time he got there, I'm a, a grown ass man in his mid thirties or whatever, late thirties. And, um, you know, it's, it's not too crazy. It's still going to be crazy, but it's, it's a little more. Yeah. All right. All right. You kind of see it coming. The yeah. difference though, is when you're 18 and, um, six months later, like when you're doing a hundred thousand extra followers in a week. Yeah. And it's like, it's like, how, how do you like, you're 18. When you wake up, are you like, this is a little overwhelming at times. If I say oh. the wrong thing. I, I definitely have been very overwhelmed this week with everything. Cause um I don't know if you know Gorilla Mind. They're like yeah. a big supplement company. They've been my dream supplement company to work with for like a year now. And they reached out to me and it was like, is this real? Like I my head just can't wrap around the fact that like they reached out to me and like every single like a few brands that I've just dreamed of working with have reached out to me and it's just like it's just it doesn't feel real and I know I keep saying that but like it just this whole week it just hasn't seemed or felt real at all like I gained almost I think 600k this week on TikTok yeah so it just I don't I don't even know how to explain it. I have no words. I'm speechless. Um but at 18, so I know myself at 18. And yeah. you carry yourself well, but at 18, I would not have like I was like I was a, obviously I was a different person. Like I was yeah. not ready. I would not have been ready. Um yeah. do you feel like at 18 you're like frig with so many eyeballs on you and the thing when things go digital, you can't take things back. It's already out there. So is it like pressure that way where you're like, um, is it a lot for an 18 year old to take on? Cause honestly, at, at times now at my age, you know, I'm like, frig, I got to somewhat watch what I say or if things are misinterpreted or there's, you know, do you feel that? I do. I feel like there's so many eyes on me now, especially with like the powerlifting aspect. I feel like, so many people expect me to do so well now and that's a lot more pressure on myself and with the like saying things and stuff like that I feel like I'm very mature for my age so I really won't say anything that controversial but I definitely do see what you're saying like you have to watch everything you post everything you say especially when you have a big following because people could misinterpret it interpret it like you said and um yeah but it's more of like 
now I have all these eyes watching me. They know that I'm like was a world level athlete and they're like expecting me to like, like perform like to perfection, which I'm a perfectionist. So I, I already do that anyways. Like everything. And when I failed my third attempt at worlds, so mad at myself. Cause like I'm a perfectionist. That's the first time I ever failed at a, at a meet. So like, but now with all these people watching me, it is a lot more pressure on myself. And I was even t- talking to my coach about it the other day. I was like, all these people are following me. All these like younger girls are following me because like I'm their powerlifting inspiration now, which is insane. Like, like insane for me to even think of that. Like girls are looking at me as their powerlifting inspiration, but like it is a lot of pressure on me now. But I think I can handle it. Well, here's the thing. So, like, like first off, in terms of um, monitoring, you know, what you're saying, it's more or less playing it safe is, like, especially at yeah. 18. You you might be like, look, if I feel this way at 18, might I feel this way at 28? Like, you're, or whatever the world views, the bigger sense, like that kind of stuff, you're like, Hey, maybe I just don't dive into fucking politics right now. Yeah. Or you're just like, I'll just stick in my lane. Thank you. I just, I keep all that to myself. I like, yeah. I, I post stuff about powerlifting. I post stuff about lifting and life and mental health. But like all like my opinions and views and stuff, I like to keep to myself because I'm very much so like, I love everybody for whatever their beliefs are and respect their beliefs. So like, I'm just going to keep them to myself because most people don't have that mindset of like, I'll love everybody and respect everybody else's opinions. So like a lot of that stuff, I like to keep to myself. And and his thing too, like first off, when people listen to athletes, actors or whatever, they're usually not coming to the actor athlete or, or this is where actors and athletes, like the big stars get into trouble is like, they're not coming to this basketball player for his political views, but they get it anyways. And then people get upset or whatever. And if pressed, um, the athlete or actor probably doesn't have the knowledge base to press back and, and properly articulate. So that's why I try to stay in the pocket myself too. And be like, look, at I talk about powerlifting. And if someone's talking <laughs> about powerlifting, let's we could debate in whatever and i may be right or wrong but i know i could articulate my thoughts on it because i could i could back it up and i i know enough that i'm like if i stay in the pocket i can't go wrong can i make yeah. mistakes sure you 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 do enough you're gonna make mistakes but mm-hmm. it'll never be go sour like big time wrong however when you get a following because of one thing but you deviate out and start talking about that's when you start be like I, this is like geopolitics or political like policies or whatever. It's like, yo, that's not, that wasn't your, your, your major in universe. You got to be careful here, right? That's where I, I'm like, it's okay to have those opinions, but just understand your platform was based on it. This is what I tell myself. And this is what I think like those big actors and athletes, when you see that kind of stuff running into trouble, that's why to your point, um, you're self-regulating. I think it's, it's bang on the money, especially when you're 18. Like, yeah. I'm not trying to get held to my beliefs at 18 for the rest of my life. And some people are freaking that way. We're like, did you know when this person was 18, they said this, so let's keep them in that pocket for the rest of their lives. It's like, what? Especially since I'm only 18. So I'm still learning. Like 
every single day I'm learning something new. So like, I can't, I don't even know if my beliefs are going to be the same years later. So yeah. yeah, I got news for you. You know, it's funny. I listen to Joe Rogan. And um, so when you're 18, you think like people who are older kind of got to figure it out. Right. And then yeah. you, then when you become older, you realize, oh shit, you never really figure it out. <laughs> so you're, you're always constantly learning. Um, yeah. Joe Rogan was talking about one time he came to this realization. He was in a line and uh, he was waiting his turn and the person was trying, but he was like drifting off daydreaming. And the person was trying to get his attention. was like, sir, sir, you're next. And he wasn't, he's like, oh shit, I'm the sir. <laughs> yeah, sir now like, like, i'm an adult he's yeah. like holy shit and it just happens like that um but anyways yeah it's true uh it's 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 a it would be a lot but as long as you stay in the pocket and you keep doing what you're doing and why you're doing it and in terms of the pressure you had talked about how like because you're an athlete and you and you come in as an athlete so you're like well this based like is it more do you think it's based on athletic performance? Because that, like the following, I think it's a definitely an element. I, here's here's what I'm thinking, but I want to get your take on this. For sure, obviously, you're linked heavily with powerlifting and athletic performance. But on the flip side, and we can get into the storyline, but your backstory and who you are, period, you do like, like videos that are funny. You do videos that are inspirational and it's a lot of it becomes you. I think people might enter into the platform and become a part of the following because they, they're into the gym, lifting, et cetera. But I think they might stay because like the first off, the content is very high quality and you know what you're doing. And it's like, it's so funny how there's like a specific algorithm and you could crack that code and be like, I got it. Like, I got, I got you, <laughs> you know? <laughs> so people never fully get it. And then um, I think... Once they get you, or once you get them, or rather, I think you could blossom into so many things. I don't know if you thought about this, but you could probably move in a lot of directions. Like you guys found me as a powerlifter, but we know there's other people who became, I don't want to say famous, but I don't want to freak you out, but became like, you know, um, for one reason, entered in, entered into it with one thing, but became something else as time goes by and we mature with them. We mature with them, like, uh, like for instance, like a fucking look at, like, I, I you're too young for this, but like when Justin Bieber was like 15 and became famous, my man is nothing like the tatted up, you know, drinking yeah. weed, smoking, and songs with Little Wayne and shit. Like, it's a entirely different human being now, and we've walked with him and grew up with him, and and it it can happen. Um, and with how smart and ingenuous you are and creative you are, adapting you could probably get everybody early and then continue on whatever directions as well. But uh, what are your thoughts on that? Do you think like, all right, I got to perform with powerlifting or do you have visions of, you know what, in the future I could take this in other directions or have you not, or are you like, look, I can't look too far ahead because all that could change. I definitely have gotten a big following from like being so strong, but I, I literally have a whole list in my phone of like topics I want to talk about now that I have a following, like stuff that really means a lot to me. So like, yeah, I am a power lifter and yeah, that's like 
the main thing I post, but there's definitely like big topics that mean a lot to me that I feel like aren't talked about enough that I want to talk about since I have been giving this, given this platform now. So like, yeah, I definitely agree with that. Like that people followed me for this reason, but I also want to use the following I have now for the other reasons. If, if that makes sense. 100%. What are some of these topics that you feel you want to dive into? Um, just mindset of an athlete after like a college athlete after they're done with college and they're they're done with their sport like the mental health and kind of how hard it is to lose a sport because I was a gymnast for 15 years of my life and I broke my ankle three times and the doctors basically told me like you can't do gymnastics anymore and I don't know if you know anything about gymnastics but we are like in the gym six hour or six days a week for sometimes four or five hours each day. Like since I was like, I think four years old, I was in the gym all the time. Like always at the gym. It was my whole entire life. Gymnastics was my whole entire life. All my friends were there. Like everything was gymnastics. I was the state champion for like three years in a row. I went to regionals. Um, I was like, a level nine, which there's 10 levels. And uh, I was pretty good. It was my whole entire life. And I broke my ankle and that just was taken away from me. And it was probably the hardest thing that has ever happened to me in my life. It was like my first heartbreak. That's how I like to explain it to people is I didn't have any boyfriends before that or anything, but losing gymnastics was like my first heartbreak. It took me like a while to heal from that. And I feel like people don't really talk about how hard it can be losing your sport because that's your whole entire identity. It's who you are when you put that much into it. And um, yeah, so definitely want to talk more about and spread more awareness on the mental health after you get injured and you can't do a sport anymore or you're done with your college sport and you, I mean, there's, there's leagues that you can go into after college in some sports, but like not everyone. So um, mm. that's a big thing because after that I um, got developed an eating disorder because obviously gymnasts are so active and moving that like we're very lean very, very lean. I've always had like abs when I was a gymnast, when I was younger, I was always like very, very lean. And after I stopped gymnastics, I obviously gained a little bit of weight, nothing crazy at all. Like I was a normal, healthy, healthy weight, but like in my head, I saw that I was gaining weight. I saw my body changing and I just was like, this can't happen. I need to like stop eating. So I just started restricting myself for a while and I would like be to the point where I was almost gonna black out because I had like so little food in my body so like that's another thing a lot of gymnasts I know go through it a lot of athletes that are really active that go from being really really active to not being active who obviously gained a little bit of weight because like that's kind of expected if you're going from this one lifestyle to another lifestyle. A lot of them develop 
not even eating disorders, but just like bad eating habits, like bad mindset around food, thinking food is bad. And I, I really am passionate about spreading awareness with eating disorders and powerlifting has like saved me from my eating disorder in a way because you obviously need to eat to gain muscle and to become stronger. So that's why I'm push powerlifting so much and just love posting about it because that's really just what saved me from being like depressed and not eating because of losing gymnastics. Like I found this whole nother passion that I have to eat for because got to eat to gain muscle and get stronger. And yeah, that's, those are some of the, the, the few things that I'm very passionate about and I really want to spread, spread awareness on. Um, like first off, uh, okay. You're really Sorry, well. That spoke. Was taken. No, no, I was about to tell you, actually, you're really well spoken for 18 and like, um, the way you explained it was very well. Sometimes it takes like several follow-up questions to get it out, but we're, we're in here. So, um, we'll unpack it a little But First off, like to be that young, to be training that many days a week for that many hours a day in gymnastics, like you were, um, it first off sets the tone about what hard work can get you in discipline. So you learned very early on what is achievable. And if I have this goal, I can reach it doing that. And like, these are learning. People say like sports are just recreation to keep you busy. There's a lot of skill set learning in terms of what hard work means, what you can get from consistency um, and, and being, if you're coachable and et cetera, and facing adversity. When you're like from our early age, sports will, will teach you about trying super hard and failing and having to come back. And you're, you, you can use this later on in life, business, whatever. And you're using it now with the TikTok creations where you're like, tried a bunch of things hours and hours, put your heart into it too, though, huh? It's not just like four hours at the factory or hitting a button. It's not just the time, but you put a lot into something, exposing yourself in like opening up about all these things. And if that video doesn't hit, it can be like, fuck, all right. Like they say courage is bouncing from one pursuit to another and never losing enthusiasm. Yeah. That's how you're going to keep things moving. So sports can teach you that. But on the flip side, to be so young, um, and it becomes all encompassing part of your life. Yeah. It becomes part of your identity and yeah. in the heartbreak and having to get over that. And when that's taken from you, it's not by choice. Um, the eating disorder. And if we could speak on that a bit, like I had, um, Sophia, I just had Carl Johansson on from Sweden who, who also had an eating disorder, um, severe, severe, severe depression, suicidal thoughts, uh, self-harming. He went through it all and he's a junior world champion. And, um, he, he was very open about it. And I had Sophia Ellis on as well. And she spoke about it quite a bit. Um, she's from team Britain. She's a 76 kilo. She's a national champion over there. And she was on the podcast. She was saying she developed her eating disorder. And I think this might be common through lack of control in her life but something she could control was her food intake and it becomes an obsession. And she doesn't fully know why, but she, she like she was, when she was a child, she was molested by, I believe as a family member, but that obviously severely changed her path. And, mm -hmm. um, 
And I've talked to a couple people where this is the case, right? So you did not have control. And it happened at a time when she was very vulnerable. She was like, she was young. She was, I forget exact age, but a child anyways. So then to assume control, when you lost that control, that innocence, and you're scared and all the rest of it, you can, the mind can develop these things where all of a sudden I can control my food though. And she said, it got to the point where she was hospitalized, um, she would eat, take things, put it down her throat and make herself throw back up again. And yeah. the goal was like, she, she is now uh, a 76 kilo lifter. I don't know if she's fully filled out 76, but strong and like, you know, whatever does like a 240 kilo deadlift, like whatever. But if you see pictures of her back then, um, it was, she'd be in the hospital and family members visiting or crying. Like, why just stop? And she would, she'd be like, I can't even explain. I can't stop. It's yeah. like, I, I just have control over this. And, um, I don't know why it makes me feel more comfortable having control over it. Like I can control this though. And, uh, it, it's, it's a fascinating look into the human mind where like, you know, same with, with Carl Johansson, um, you know, the depression and the self-harming and the not feeling he's worth anything. And, uh, but he can control that. And he started becoming obsessed with these things. And, yeah. um, it's tough. It's tough how to, to explain to someone who doesn't know how that happened. And, and do you think some of that, do you, do you think some of that was an element as well, where at the time, not only did you have to be very skinny and small to be a gymnast, to be able to do all these, these, uh, feats, but you lost it out of your control. And then all of a sudden you can yeah. take control of something. Yeah, I I definitely think that's part of what happened to me. I just the eating and counting calories and all of that, that put my focus somewhere else either than losing gymnastics. I think I became so obsessed with that that it kind of put the losing gymnastics in the back of my mind. But like counting calories and make sure I was like lower than this certain amount of calories like that almost gave me like that almost made me happy like when I would eat under this amount or not eat for this long like that would make me happy because I hit this goal that I set for myself because I had no other goals to set for myself because I had gymnastics and there was always something to work towards I'm the, I'm the type of person that I always, like, I like to have something to work towards. Like, even the meet I just competed in, that was, like, something that I could hyper-focus on and work towards. And that kept, like, my mental health in check. But I lost gymnastics, and I all of a sudden had nothing to hyper-focus on, hyper-fixate on. And that's when I, like, started hyper-fixating on what I was eating, how, like how many calories I was burning a day. Like that's where my brain went because I really just felt like I had nothing else to focus on. And that's really hard as like a 15 year old girl, because that's when like my whole eating disorder started to like be going through that as a 15 year old girl when you like don't know any better. Cause like in the long run, it kind of messed up my metabolism a little bit and I had to, rebuild that and go through therapy and like find a healthy relationship with food again. But like, it took so long to get there. 
because I had, and that's why I talked about powerlifting saving me because that's something I found that I'm passionate about that I can like focus on. And I'm focusing on that instead of the eating and the counting calories and all of that. Cause my brain is wired that I'm like always thinking I'm like, I think about everything I do very carefully and I think through everything I do very carefully. And so like, not having something to think about, like not having gymnastics just made me like, I was like, what do I do? Like my brain didn't know what, what to do. And it was just freaking out. And honestly, if you're like eating disorders and depression kind of go hand in hand. And like a lot of people that struggle with anxiety also have like eating disorders. Um, but when you feel like there's nothing to live for and just nothing makes you happy. It's kind of like, well, what's the point of even eating? Like, I'm not even worthy of eating because like, I'm not working towards anything. I have no goals. I'm I'm not working towards a gymnastics meet or anything like that. Like, I just felt so lost as this like 15 year old. And I wish that I could go back and tell myself like, Joy, you are only 15 years old. You, you will figure it out. Mm. But, like, it took me so long to get there. And also I went to um, an eating disorder therapist and I was still muscular because gymnasts are like still more muscular. And she like body shamed me as a 15 year old girl An eating disorder therapist body shamed me into saying that I was eating too much protein. And she's like, do you really want to get that muscular? What? the eating disorder therapist talking to a 15 year old girl telling me you really you do really want to get that muscular and then that day a flip switched in my head and i was like hell yeah i do and i'm gonna prove wrong fucking ain't right you it's like it's like bitch you just fix me not trying to fix me i'll show you (laughs) yeah I I remember that I was like, I was like bawling my eyes out to my mom. My mom wasn't in the room. So I didn't have any like witnesses with me. And to this day, I wish I went back there and did something about it because she could be doing this to other younger girls. But like, she like flipped a switch in me that day. It was like, you know what, you just told me that I can't do something. And now I'm going to prove you wrong. And so that was, that was a a big day in my eating disorder recovery. Cause I was like, I, I gotta, I gotta work hard towards gaining a lot of muscle now. Cause I'm going to prove this girl wrong. It's so. um, I can't believe but it, it's true. Like sometimes too, you talk to like, whether it's therapists or, or, or professionals, but they are people too. And they bring their own biases and you think, well, well, they would know because they're professional. They're also human though. You talk to 10 of them and they might all different, have different approaches, different beliefs. And that is also a generational thing. I t- would talk to people, you know, like at work or whatever that are like, if there are, you know, not everyone's like this. I want to like stereotype too much too, but you're a little older. And I would talk to like ladies who are, 30s 40s i remember this lady was like in her 30s and i was talking about weightlifting and whatnot and she was asked she knew i was into weightlifting and she was asking me about like weight training and whatnot she's like but i did a little weight training and i was putting on weight and and she said it like and she was like i noticed my scale was going up and it was muscle 
and I had yeah. to stop. I had to stop. I started running because I didn't want to start look, getting too muscular and, and, you know, start looking like a man. And she said that. And I'm yeah. like, I'm like, girl, you got no idea who you're talking to. <laughs> like, 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 do you know who, who you're talking to? Like, like, I'm not your audience for this conversation. Yeah. But um, yeah, there's like, like it's, I don't know if it's, it's getting better uh, because I think like this, there's a generation coming up where strong and, and, and like lifting weights in a gym, like it, it's starting to change for sure in like in the last 10 years, but there is still that around. Mm. And um. Yeah, it's it's in and you know talking to some people like for instance uh had some people on from Asia and it's still very prevalent there where women want to make themselves smaller and not take up as much room physically. Don't be as loud. Don't be uh, as be more diminished. Be more small, be more meek, be more I don't know smiling and laughing at jokes, but you don't tell jokes. You don't you know what I mean? It's a little different, but uh that's an old school mentality. That's crazy that it happened. Um and yeah, so Sophia Ellis had spoken about how, you know, diving into powerlifting, same with Coco Clement, who from France, who also had an eating disorder. He's, I mean, he's six foot four, 240 pound monster of a man. But there was a time mm -hmm. when he dove so deep into an eating disorder, he said the smile would take extra energy he didn't have to get up. If he's going to get up and go to the washroom, he would wait until he really had to go because he was... Mm -hmm so diminished at a certain point. And just like you said, it became competition style almost where he was obsessed OCD of how little can I eat? How his mind became completely obsessed OCD style. And then when he found weightlifting, the obsession curved. And uh, initially he would train like six hours. Like he would, before he went to the gym, like the two hours before in class, it would be all he could think about was the yeah. gym. And he would have an anxiety about it because he had to get there. And if he didn't hit the certain weight he wanted, like it, it, he, the obsession shifted from calories to weights, still unhealthy though, initially, because he, yeah. but then he eased into a more regimented, okay, goal setting. Powerlifting made it less just weights and more, hitting goals on the platform. And then he started realizing through learning more, more is not always more on the platform. I'm going to have to do less volume, less, you know, and structuring it And powerlifting taught him structure and blah, blah, blah. But it's very interesting how like obsession can transfer to different yeah. pursuits. Yeah. Especially when that's how like you, a lot of people's brains are built. Like they have to, hyper fixate on something all the time like have you ever heard of like the post meat blues where yes. you you compete and then like after you don't really have anything to focus on so you're like a little sad that week like that's definitely how I am because when I I don't know if you know but I I did a cut um I cut from 69 to 63 which um is another thing I want to talk about yeah. um how I was able to build my relationship with food to a point where like I can healthily in a healthy way, cut down another weight class because I have like such a good relationship with food now because I recovered. But, um, I had that to hyperfixate on when I wasn't hyperfixating on a meat. Like I always need to have a goal or something to look forward to something to work towards. And that's just 
how a lot of people's brains are built. But like when you don't have something to hyperfixate over, it could turn into something bad like like calories. That's yeah. that's what your goes to. Um so well, first off, 100%. It's cliche to say, but it's about the journey, not the destination, because in the journey is where you have a goal to get. It's more important to wake up and have something to look forward to and strive for. The day of is just another day, and it could be a great, bad, whatever. But the getting up every day and chasing something is huge. And I think for a lot of us, our minds are running. So make give it something to run on or else it's going to run crazy. Um, but so uh, 100%, I totally get that. Into the blues, the post-meet blues, um, this is with athletes all over. Uh, like mm-hmm. like marathon runners talk about, because they really crash their metabolism, their hormones get all over the place due to what they do to their bodies, um, pushing themselves to that limit in training. And then afterwards, after the, it's like a mission they're on. And when that mission is completed and it's done, full-on depression. I mean, yeah. I mean, dangerous, scary, dark at times. Yeah like postpartum mm-hmm. style they talk about because their hormones are really messed up as well. Uh, but yeah, that's very real. And you start getting used to planning for that as well. And I also, it's interesting that when I seen, cause I was, I like had followed your journey as well and knew about the background you had with the eating disorder and what you've overcome. So the cut from 69 to 63 kilo, first off, you murdered some big weights and it was obviously it's a, so kudos to you. Hats off to you. Cause it's very difficult to go down a weight class and keep your numbers and, and, yeah. you, and you're like hitting PRs at a new weight class. So it was a good move. You're going to like automatically, that's the dream, right? We're like, yeah. here's my numbers. If I drop a weight class, all of, all of a sudden I'm infinitely exponentially more competitive, right? So yeah. it worked and that's very difficult, but I knew your background and I knew mm-hmm. your relationship with food. So maybe we could talk a little bit about like, how did that change where you're like, like, are you counting calories now? Do you have a coach helping you? Um, and when you felt ready, because previously it became assessed, but now, I mean, it's different, you know, now like your, your old therapist would have been, would be like, holy shit. If they, if she saw you now, it's like, how you like me now? Yeah. <laughs> you, you just start setting your videos, but how did that uh-huh. happen in terms of the journey? And you thought you were ready and then actually doing it. So about a year ago, maybe a year and a half ago, I decided to like stop counting calories altogether and really give myself fully to recovering and building a really good relationship with food. Uh, So for about six months, I didn't count any calories. I was making sure to get like protein in, obviously, but I kind of just let myself eat intuitively like if I want this I'm gonna eat this if I want this I'm gonna eat this if I'm still hungry after I eat I'm allowed to eat something else because that's just me listening to my body and I did about six months of that and really just made a strong relationship with food like I don't look at food as bad now and I love macros just for the reason of if I'm eating something that's like really high carb or like high fat I'll think of it like wow, this is really high carb. It's going to, it's going to fuel my workout for tomorrow. Instead of being like, oh my gosh, there's so many carbs in here. Am I going to gain weight? It's like, no, I'm going to have more energy for my lifts tomorrow. So I think after about six months of doing that, I was like, okay, I have a pretty good grasp and a pretty good mindset around food now. 
I do want to get like a little more lean because I spent all this time building my muscle. I kind of want to see it a little more. And I was talking to my coach and he was like, we talked about it and um, just kind of decided like, let's see if you could cut down to 63, let's see how your strength is because you'd be a pretty competitive 63. So we just kind of wanted, that's why I did the meet is because we wanted to cut down to that weight class and see how I competed at that weight class before nationals, before I decided if I was really going to be a 63. Um, but yes, I got a nutritionist and she, we first started like, I think two months of maintenance calories. She gave me, um, just some like meal ideas and I kind of, didn't track calories, but like made sure I was eating like three meals a day with like this amount of protein, um, like good source of carbs, healthy source of fat, just to like reinforce the healthy mindset around food. And then I did start counting calories, um, but I had a weekly check-in with her. We only weighed ourselves like once or twice a week, she would always make sure like, how's your mindset around food? How's the mental part of it as long or as like also with how I'm losing weight, like she always made sure to check on the mental side as well, which I really appreciated. Um, I was very open with her about my past before and I was like, I'm going to tell you if this is triggering to me or if I'm feeling some sort of way and then her and Vin were like, if it feels triggering at any time we could stop, like we do not have to continue the cut. If it feels at any point too hard for you, too hard on the mentals, you get into an unhealthy relationship with food again, we could stop. But she did it in a way where we were just very gradually going down. Like it was a very slow cut. So I think, I only got like a little under maintenance. Like it was not a a huge amount of calories under my maintenance. It was, I was eating quite like a lot of calories still when I was cutting. So it was very slow, very easy on my mind. I think um, she let me have, cause I was cutting during Thanksgiving. She let me have Thanksgiving dinner with my family. She let me have Christmas dinner with my family. So, um, yeah, it was, it was pretty easy with the right um, nutritionist, I think, but I definitely had to build my relationship with food and my mindset around food. Like if I went over a few calories for one day, it's not like, oh my gosh, I need to do like extra cardio. I need to burn it off right now. I was like, okay, this happened. I can't take it back. I'm going to do better tomorrow. So I feel like to anybody watching this, if you want to like cut or get more lean but you don't have a good relationship with food like I'm really heavy on like build your relationship with food fix your mindset around food before you try to lose weight because it you're just it's not gonna work unless you have a really healthy relationship with food it's just it's not gonna work and it's not gonna be good for you but yeah that's how I cut down a class with um without any really triggering thoughts. I mean, there was days, there always is, like people don't realize having an eating disorder never goes away. Like it's always there. 
you just learn how to cope with it. You learn what thoughts and what to say to yourself that like switches your mindset around. It's all about the mindset. That's what I tell anybody that ever like DMs me asking me advice for like, how did you get over your eating disorder? How did you do this with food? Like you just kind of change your mindset. Food is not bad. Food is so good and it helps you in your everyday life and it helps you with lifting and it helps you hit your goals. So like, it was just kind of a mindset shift. Uh, what, what calories are you on right now? If you don't mind my asking. I'm a little under maintenance still, cause I'm still reversing into um, my maintenance calories. So I think I'm around like 2,100, which my main is probably like, 2300 ish i'm guessing we don't know for certain yet because we're still trying to like figure out what my actual maintenance is but uh yeah we're reversing out of it right now but i think the lowest i ever got was like 1850 which that is not very low for like cutting as a female so and the more muscle mass you put on, obviously, the more calories you'll end up your more calories you'll eat the more you'll burn etc that's actually your main in calories, yeah, it's pretty good. You're you're because you're fueling, right? Like I, it's I talk to I've talked to like eighty three kilo men who were around like two thousand four hundred. Yeah. So like you're 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 doing pretty good. It's good to be able to consume. And I know what you mean in terms of um, you know, Sophia Ellis talked about this when she was getting over her eating disorder. She said she found powerlifting, and it became performance based. Like yeah, her, like judged her body on performance. As opposed to just appearance. Um, and it's okay, like, you know, you touched on a little bit. Look, at I was putting on muscle and wanted to see it and be proud of it. Yeah. You're working hard. It's okay to be proud of your hard work. But there's also performance-based indicators. She wanted a big, like, deadlift bench. She's on the national bench team, et cetera. And her relationship to the calories was, like, you kind of touched on, this is energy to make me perform. And if she dipped too low on calories and the bench starts coming down and performance comes down, then you're like, hold the phone. You know, you're like, hang on a second. So it actually helped in terms of, no, nah, I need to eat more. Like I want to do, I want to perform. I'm an athlete. Yeah. Cause I, if I saw my numbers going down, th then I would be like, Joy, you got to eat more. Yeah. <laughs> like, that in my head, I was like, you you don't want to be weak again. You need to eat more to keep your strength. And that's kind of what helped me not want to dip lower on calories, like not want to restrict myself is that like the mindset of I need to eat this number because I'm already eating lower calories, but I need to hit my macro straight on so that I don't lose strength. And that's something that really helped during the cut was like, without the restricting is like, I need to eat exactly my numbers because this is what my nutritionist told me. And this is how I'm going to keep my strength during this cut. And I did, and I kept my strength and I gained strength during the cut because I didn't feel the need to restrict myself because I knew that eating that amount of food was a positive thing for me. How much easier was it to do that journey um, with somebody else to bounce off of? Yeah, I, I definitely don't, I don't think I could have done it without a nutritionist. Like she was, she was there for me at any time of the day. Like I would text her, I'm having a rough day. And she'd like talk me through it. And my coach too, he knew my background. 
um, anytime I was struggling, I could just reach out to them. That's why having a great support system is so important because I could reach out to them and be like, I'm having a rough day with food or whatever. And then they'd talk me through it. So yeah, I'm definitely very grateful for having them, but, um, that's another thing. If you are looking to cut or something like that, I feel like you should definitely talk to somebody, especially if you have like a eating disorder past, you know? Yeah. I mean, it's like, um, I mean, that's like with everything, but having a support team is huge, especially, yeah, for sure. If you, if you got a pass where this has been a bit of an issue, you definitely want like, or even like with programming, who does your programming, by the way, is it, Vin does your programming and everything. Okay. Yeah. 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 And do you do like almost a, like in terms of calories, just before we move on from that, even though you could probably get like a, an app, take a look at your maintenance. It's as simple as what are my maintenance calories? Okay. With no cutting at all, I'm just logging what I eat for two weeks and I know what my body weight is. So at this many calories, my body weight is this. And then it's easy enough to be like, if I slash my calories, by this much, my body weight starts dipping. You can start taking data points. Um, so some people are comfortable doing it on their own. But the thing when you have a coach is like, if things start going wrong, you or they could keep you in check saying like, Joy or Ryan, you're losing too much too fast. This is going to negatively impact. You're going to start not only losing body fat, but you're going to lose muscle mass that was so difficult to get. Like there, it is very hard to put on muscle mass. And some people, they get like overly aggressive and be like, I'm losing this much a week. It's like, do you understand how much muscle mass you're losing a week? And you train, like you could lose like three months worth of <laughs> hardcore gym work. So much work out the freaking window because you're just being way too aggressive and you're getting too obsessed with, with law. Let me get down to this weight class real quick. It's, uh, it's tougher than that. That's why it's good to bounce off ideas and you can get a little too hyper-focused, not like crazy eating sort of style, but even it's on the margins. You know, how many, how much were you losing a week roughly? Do you remember how much? Um, like a pound to yeah. half a pound, like very, very slow. I think the most I ever lost in a week was like a pound and a half, which is very normal for cutting, but nothing more than that. And if I did lose like a little more, my coach, uh, my nutritionist would just kind of keep the same calories for the next week because obviously those calories were working. So mm. we don't want to, didn't want to do it too fast. So she would just keep the same calories for like two weeks if my weight kind of dropped more than usual. But yeah, I'd say about half, half a pound to a pound. And this is, this is what people don't, um, the patience it takes to have, and that's progress to have that kind of progress towards a goal over the long haul. Yeah. That's what people it, lack. It, like they need yeah. to see it. It's like, no, you're not going to see it like that. Yeah. I think I cut for 12 weeks and I lost 12 pounds. So like about a pound a week. And then when we reversed, I was still losing weight. So altogether I lost 14 pounds over like, the whole span of time, but it was like three months, three and a half months. <laughs> so like you, you gotta be patient with it. Like it takes time, especially if you're doing it right. Like if you do it too fast, you're going to lose strength, but I cut for three and a half months and gain strength. So you just gotta be patient. 
um, in, in the reverse calories is like a, for people listening, it's like a slow increase of the calories and the body weight doesn't come up. Yeah. It, it's been rough to be honest, because I've been eating more and like, then my body's like craving more food. And it's like, you almost feel hungrier than you were on the cut on the reverse. Oh, diet. Really? You're finally like getting more food. And I was like, wow, like I actually am act- like hungry getting more food, which is weird, but. It's uh, kind of makes, makes sense though, because like you're finally giving your body more food and it's like, give me more, you know, <laughs> crazy and mentally and mentally you're like, Oh, we're turning this around. And, um, then when it comes in and it's like two fats, three proteins and four carb grams of carbs, and you're like, that's it. <laughs> like, you know, it's easy to be like, that's not enough. You, you, you feel hungry, but again, it still adds back up. But like my energy levels are so much better because they were like I was pretty tired during the cut but now that I'm like eating more I feel like so much more energized and my lifts just feel better so even though that I've had a little bit of a mental struggle with the reverse dieting because like I'm eating more and I'm kind of feeling like not as lean as I was but um I kind of just keep reminding myself like your lifts are getting better. Um, you just feel more energized. You feel better overall mentally. So that's another thing. Like I told you, the mindset shift. It took me three years to gain this mindset around food instead of beating myself up and be like looking in the mirror. Oh, I'm eating more food. I look like fuller. I don't look as lean. It's like, no, I'm eating more food and I'm more energized. Mm-hmm. Like you just shift that mindset i'm strong you're a strength athlete you got to get stronger right you're like i am better right now like shifting weights is yeah it does change it um with like well first off how did you find powerlifting and who was it who are some of the people that you went online and found initially that were like lifting weights and might have started changing how you viewed things um steffi cohen Oh, damn, you and that's all in. (laughs) Yeah. She um, was the first, I think she's like, she's not even really like a powerlifter, powerlifter. I mean, she like powerlifts, but she she also does like other things. Yeah. Um, But she's like the first girl I ever saw powerlift. And I was like, oh, damn, I kind of want to do that. Um, But also at, I went to, um, crunch that was my first gym uh there was a few bigger bodybuilding guys who were like you should look into powerlifting or bodybuilding because like your benches i the first time i benched i benched 135 holy shit how old were you um 15 whoa for a 50 year old girl to walk in there first time first time maybe 16 i think i was 16 but yeah the first time i benched i was like i benched i was benching 95 pounds for reps and then 135 for like my max and the power or the one bodybuilding guy was like your bench is insane for like being this young um and being a girl like you should look into powerlifting but then not till a year later did I actually like look into powerlifting um and then I did and found Vin online and went and toured his gym and then we started training and here i am now it's um well first off like yeah there's a lot of women who are around that weight class but like Mm -hmm. mature women in their 20s 30 years old like in their peak physical prime that are like i want to hit a plate aside 
135 pounds. And yeah. um, for you to walk in there as a teen and just be like, this looks like fun. Let me give it a go. And that's your bottom basement is 135. Like that, yeah. that is no, yeah. I'm sure everybody yeah. there would be like, holy shit, you should think about powerlifting. Yeah. <laughs> you you probably should have been powerlifting the whole time. Actually, you found it pretty young anyways. 16, 17, that's pretty young to start powerlifting, but. Yeah, but also benched like all the time because my brother and all of his friends, they were on the football team and all they did was bench and I would go with them. So like all I ever did was bench. I think that's why my that's how that's why my bench is probably so insane right now is because I would go with my brother and his friends and all they would do was hit upper body and bench. And I was like, oh, I guess this is what you're supposed to do at the gym. So I was just benching all the time. Like I probably benched every single day that I oh went to. Oh my God. Yeah. But like, I don't know. It's it's the fastest recovering compound. So it's, this is true. Hey, but, it's true. I didn't really know any better at the time. So I think the first time I went to um, Vin's gym to uh, check it out, I was benching 190 at 17 years old when I first went there. And he was like, 190? He didn't believe me. And so he made me bench it. And I did. And he was like, oh, my gosh. <laughs> yeah. He's like, yo, we got one. We yeah. got one. <laughs> Holy smokes. Yeah. But I just started deadlifting a year ago. Like I, I didn't touch a deadlift bar, um, until well a year and a half ago when I started powerlifting. Like I wasn't deadlifting before then. So I mean that is why it's one of my weaker lifts. But like it's insane to think about that I only started doing that like a year and a half ago. And this is why I was talking to somebody in the DMs about it. I can't remember now, but I was saying like look at potential wise. Like she's she's just starting right now. Um, do you feel like sometimes like because your following has grown and exploded so quickly, you're like, holy smokes, I got to like catch up to this meteoric rise almost like, oh my God, this happened. I'm still developing as an athlete. Yeah, I definitely feel that sometimes oh, I get a lot of comments on like, why is your squat and deadlift so low compared to your bench press? Um, so that definitely has driven me to like, really really push my limits on squat and deadlift because i do get a lot of comments like that um but yeah the growing social media definitely makes me feel like i have to increase my lifts faster and just to like i don't know make people happy but but on the on the flip side having being a teenage girl who benches when you bench it's almost better uh it's yeah. almost better because what I've noticed too, with like, I think another reason why your social media explodes is nobody sees it coming. Like yeah. you're a teenage girl, 163 kilos, 138 pounds, like in the weight you you're shifting and, and it's the bench, like, like squat yeah. and deadlift. Like, like you still squat and deadlift like a lot of weight. Let's not, you know what I mean? But, um, your bench. compared to like other people, but my bench is just like, which is which is good though because when people accuse me of like they'll be like you're on roids i'm like yeah look at my deadlift and squat <laughs> okay <laughs> you're like no take a look at my svd but um yeah. it is it is like it does catch people a lot of the videos that get people is when you show yourself and say like your age your weight and then all of a sudden you show your bench and you're benching like 200 like you have videos of you in the gym bench pressing and dude's natural reaction is holy shit and they'll converse with you on the video that's boom yeah in the video like yeah 
You could walk into whatever gym and you know this. Some people expect like you're used to like some girls shifting some squats and deads, whatever. But the bench press is different. That upper body strength and what you could generate, it, it, it surprises people. It's like, have you seen this? It's almost, if you could pick, I mean, it's going to be the least that goes towards your total, but it's going to be the one that stands out the most and gets people eye popping like, holy shit. So there's yeah. a yin and a yang to it. Yeah. Have you thought about doing um, bench only? Do you do bench only? Uh, my coach and I talked about it. We were going to like sign up for the bench only world, but I like doing it. So I think I just want to stick with like normal powerlifting SBD meets because I enjoy both? that. I could do both. Yeah. Maybe if I'm making money from social media and I, I got the money to do all that. <laughs> I mean, you know, I mean, it's just, and it's also, um, you know, you flying to Turkey at your age and like the experiences you're having at your age is fucking insane. People don't have this. People don't have it. Like, like <laughs> your life is bizarre for a teenager as is, but the fact that like you're flying all over the world competing with team USA, like you got USA across your chest and you hit the platform. This is crazy. Um, it would just be another experience on your calendar where it's like, okay, well, I'm going to fly across like the content for you. You know, like, I don't got to tell you, right. You're like the content queen right now, but like shooting and filming, flying and showing up in another competition and, you know, it just adds to the resume. Who knows? I don't know. Uh, I just got to tell you, I have to drive my brother to work in 15 minutes. No worries. You know what? I got another podcast as well. No worries. Um, so you were talking about how Steffi Cohen became that girl for you. Yeah. How is it right now thinking that like you might be the person that other people are finding right now? Do you have people oh reaching out to you? Somebody commented like you're the, somebody commented you're the next Steffi Cohen on my oh. video. And I literally <laughs> almost... I almost started crying because that meant so much to me. I was like, oh my gosh, I have looked up to Steffi Cohen for the last like two years. And now people are commenting like you're the next powerlifting inspiration. And it's just, it's just, it makes me so emotional, like happy emotions, but yeah, yeah. it's cool. Like in the last, I know we're going to let you go real soon to take your brother, but um, you know, something that, we've seen is some people try to gatekeep for powerlifting and like be like, look, we don't want TikTok or whatever. They try to like go into there, right? They're gatekeeping essentially. And um, your reach is like bringing people who would otherwise not have found powerlifting, you know? And this is things like some people like, uh, you know, like their, their visions we talked about, like it's probably a generational thing, but their visions of like TikTok or whatever, it's not purist. It's not like a, a meat recap where you recap your training. And some people are even anti, we don't even like reels on Instagram, which doesn't really make sense. What it's just a fucking platform. It's just, you know, it doesn't make sense to be anti-real necessarily. But in terms of the reach in how many people you could, you could bring into the sport and change their lives, you know, it's a, uh, it's impactful. And it is like, you are a ma a major casting call for the athletic youth to join. Well, I've had a few girls DM me, um, saying that they signed up for their first powerlifting meet because of me. And it literally is going to make me like want to cry because it just makes me so happy that like girls want to be strong now. Like they, they don't want to 
be the tiniest they can be. Like they want to be big. They want to be strong. They want to take up space. It's just like, it makes me so happy that I can be the one that like has inspired them to do that. And honestly, all those DMS that I get, I might not respond to all of them, but I see them and it just, it keeps me going. It keeps me wanting to post more. So. Yeah. 100%. Is there, who do you want to um, collaborate with? In terms, like, do you do like a? Are you are you thinking about doing collaborations with people and whatnot now that you got this following? Yeah, I, I actually had a few um of like the bigger creators that I watch on YouTube DM me and be like, "Yo, you want to shoot a YouTube video?" And I'm like, "You want to shoot a YouTube <laughs> video with me?" <laughs> I grew up watching. Well, I like the last two years. I I I watched you religiously. Like, I I worshipped your content, and now you want to like, you you want to film a video with me like the the trend twins didn't reach out to me i don't know if you know who the trend twins are they're like they're big they're big on tiktok um they followed me on tiktok they're like two of my brother's biggest inspirations and they followed me on tiktok and i was like this is like insane and you're telling your brother like yo your inspiration gets inspiration from me (laughs) (laughs) He was so jealous. He was like, really? I'm so mad at you. They're following you. <laughs> but like, yeah, I have a, a few people who've asked to like collab with me. And it's just, they're people that I was inspired by. And that now they're asking me to work with them. And it's just, it's crazy. Yeah. In in um, powerlifters as well. I mean, you you should, you're in New York, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. I mean, you got guys like, like well, Gavin's in New York. Taylor yeah. Atwood, like, like you got like the biggest of the big around floating around yeah. New York. If you guys want to link up and start crushing some content too, which would be amazing. That would be awesome. Yeah. I'll, de- I'll definitely have to ask them. <laughs> yeah. For 100%. Well, listen, um, for anyone listening, how, what is the TikTok Instagram handles? And do you got YouTube as well now? Yeah. I'm just starting the YouTube up. So, uh, okay, yeah. The Instagram and TikTok is joyjoysfitness underscore. And then the YouTube is also joyjoysfitness underscore. Keep that same branding. Make yep. it easy. Yep. Do you do do you do coaching or anything as well? Um, I'm thinking about it. I, I think I'm gonna get certified, but not at the moment. Um, I kinda I kinda wanna become a nutritionist and uh powerlifting coach eventually, but I just wanna make sure that I um get the most out of where I learn everything from, you know, I want to, I want to make sure I have all the, the facts right and everything yeah. before I, I just become a coach. So get all your ducks in a row. I mean, that's the best way to do it. But with yeah. your following in fitness, weightlifting and nutrition in your background too, in your background story and everything you've done, I mean, you'd be an amazing resource, but you're right. You're young, no need to to rush anything. Just keep collecting the information and, and, adding to your resume but when you flip that switch i think you're probably gonna make some good money with it right so you know you won't be working three jobs in the future put it that way well listen thanks for coming on uh much appreciated keep me in the loop like i'm gonna keep reposting obviously but like whatever you're doing in 2023 i got your back i support you let me know what national teams you're gonna be on i'll probably find out before you even tell me anyways but I look forward to it. Um, you're a huge asset to the powerlifting community. Your story's amazing. And uh, you're like, you are definitely one of our big stars rising. So congratulations on everything. And we'll talk in the DMs. 
Thank you. I'll see you. Bye. I'll see you. And everybody listening, uh, until next time, six pack lap it at six up and we are out. <laughs>